The following podcast is part of the 6040 Network. Hello and welcome to Everything Small Business, your shortcut to start, build, manage and grow your small business. I'm Cherie and in today's episode, I sit down with Adam and Jay Lee Manzi, owners of Urban Gyms and Bill Athletic as part of our new mini-series called Share Your Small Business Story. In this episode, we discuss the importance of focusing on customer experience and the importance of having a plan to diversify your business. Hey, how are you? How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, really good. Thank you. So you had a good morning? Yeah, it's been super busy. With all, It's pretty good with all the NRL who have been in Queensland. Mm-hmm. So we've had um, like Warriors, Titans, Eels, all coming to our like 9.30 class. Oh, brilliant. So it's just been like jam-packed every day. That's always a good place to be. So do you operate all day? Uh, we, are, we have classes from, we have three classes in the morning. So our last class finishes at um, like right about like 10.30. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we start back at four to seven with classes. Uh, when you spoke to Nicolette, it was basically um, with our podcast, it's all about everything small business. So it's about the journey that you've been on. And obviously there's been some huge positive things and then some challenges that you've sort of had both in business and personal. Because obviously with the CrossFit Games and that. It's been a crazy ride to even get to this point where we're at now with the two gyms and then a few other businesses that we're trying to start as well. So that's part of your bigger mission? After being in the gyms for so long and even working in it for somebody as well, it's like gym is just a lifestyle. Owning a gym is a lifestyle. It's mm-hmm. not going to make you money. It's just going to give you more time. So Actually, I heard that on your podcast you did yesterday, the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So realistically, we just worked our life around, well, I did and Jaylee kind of followed in, trying to make crossfit our sport and try to make it to the crossfit game so i kind of work my life around just doing that that's pretty cool though like i mean that's the difference though between a lifestyle business though and one that you're you know aiming to make money out of although you know you've got two separate locations so even that in itself has has its own challenges right yeah that's right um but we're lucky we got we got two business partners you know we look after majority stuff that happens in the one location in burley and then they look after lots of the stuff in Southport and then we come together and then we work together as one. So it helps to have good people with you because then it's less stress of trying to deal with, you know, is that running good? I'm not there. So is it going all right? Whereas if you have, if you trust in your business partners and, you know, it, it becomes a lot easier. Mm. And I think that's part of the big thing too, isn't it? Like um, finding and developing that trust in business partners. So were these people that you knew before or they're people who just you've met along the way? Um, so I'd known of them for like a long time and then probably like, with them. yeah, mm. probably like four years. Like I had known them for about three or four years, but never really spoke to them as such. And then all of a sudden we teed up to, cause we both had the same goal to compete at the CrossFit games. So then we started training together for about a year and then just sort of these opportunities came up and um, it was kind of like, well, why don't we just team up? and build a community of our own instead of build a community for somebody else. So we, we, everyone was working at separate gyms and they were just helping other people build their community. And we were just like, man, one day this wants to be ours. And then all these things kind of fell in place where it was like, all right, we can do this now. We just have to sort of take the step. But I think too, um, and that's kind of your motto though, isn't it? Just take the, take the step. Yeah. Um, if you never, what was it? If you never try, you'll never know. <laughs> that's kind of what I live off 
I'm trying to instill it in Jaylee and the others. Um, because, I mean, you know, if you're going to spend $5,000 on something that might work, why not? I mean, at the end of the day, it's going to be, it's money and it's going to, you're going to find it any way you can. So there's no point of just putting your bank account and be like, all right, I'm just going to wait, you know, see if something happens to it. Mm-hmm. If you don't try, you're never going to know if you'll succeed or anything. So it's like, I can always dig a hole, you know? So like, if I need money, mm-hmm. if my kids need some food, I can just dig a hole and go work for somebody doing the hard stuff. And then you'll always find a way. That's it. You know, and like, Money can be replaced, but the time can't. And that's either the time that you get from the experience that you go and do and start something new and it works or it doesn't work. And also the time, like when you're running your own business, being able to treat it like a lifestyle, like how you want to, you know, how you want to live. Yeah, exactly. And then I think I was just growing up. My mom pretty much didn't have anything. She always just had food on the table for us. That was single mom. And she always had, that was her thing, you know, have a somewhere to live, food on the table. That's that's all I could remember and that she would work hard to do that. Um, so then when I grew up, it was kind of like, all right, just get a job, earn some money. doesn't matter what you do. You just need to earn money. Mm-hmm. And then as I started to get older, it was more of, all right, I don't want to work from six to six at night and do that every day. And then not see anybody, not see my family. So it's kind of like, all right, what I, I need to change. And then, yeah, things started to change when you change your mind. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I mean, one of the mottos that I sort of, my partner and I live by is um, live a simple life in an extraordinary way. So we're not super flashy people, but we live very well. Like I love how we live. It's very simple, but it gets everything done. We, we don't miss out on any experiences and it's a, it's a great thing. You know, we live the life that we choose to live. That's how everyone needs to see life, I reckon. <laughs> if only. If but, only. Um, so I, I loved when Nicolette was telling me about your business and because I'm a big believer in the vision, like the vision drives the business mission ultimately, right? And so when she was explaining actually the, like the, I guess the origin story of your business, I, I really, really liked it. And then when she said, you know, um, it's not just about the business that you are now or the you know, new brands that you're bringing on. It's actually about where you see this going. So like, is that something you could share with us? Um, seeing for the, the businesses. All so, of the are just a couple. So basically, I guess you've got a whole big vision of where you see yourself like in 20 years and how each of these little individual components contribute to that end goal that you've got. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so the, the end goal pretty much, well, for me, it might be different for, for Jaylee, but it's pretty much is to help people. So the money is just the avenue or the success of the clothes or the gym or stuff like that is really in the end is to be able to help people do what we've done or give people a better life. Um, Cause growing up, we didn't have much, um, you know, there was six kids, food, somewhere to live, but there wasn't other necessities and um, no guidance of, all right, how can I get to this stage? How do I um, start a business or how do I even get a job? So why my main goal is just to use these businesses to be able to, obviously you need to make money, but that money to be able to give back to people so they can be successful and have time with families, just like just like we have we are experiencing now. Yeah, I really like that. I mean, money's the tool, isn't it? It shouldn't be the end goal, really. That's right. And we never take our success off money. Uh, we never think about, you know, how much money we're making. It's sort of just, you know, it'll go into the bank. It's going to be there. If it's not there, it's not going to kill us. 
we think more about the people and how the how we give people an experience rather than thinking about your bank account because i always thought i've i've learned from a few mentors growing up like you know how you pay into when you're first starting out you go and do these big courses and they cost lots of money and then you're like all right you only take one thing out of that course but that one thing is you know um don't think about your bank account always think about what the product is or what the people what the experience is that's what i try and do every day in any business that we have if someone has a bad experience in the gym i take it even if it's just one class i can kind of get that feeling if they've walked out and be like ah oh, that wasn't good today uh, i kind of take that personally to be like all right i i need to make every day the best day because that random person might not that might be their first time and then if they don't have that best that, that experience that keeps them coming back i was like oh i would never see that person again so i kind of take each experience like really personally and then uh, if i i just work on it as we go do you find though sometimes that makes you feel like you're i guess carrying bricks in your pack or do you find that it actually makes it you like in wanting to deliver a better experience for your your clients or your customers that it just makes you strive to be better even though you don't dwell on the negative of like how you feel about it um you know as a bad experience it actually just wants you to be better for the for the future definitely it it makes me be a hundred times better i um before i did all all, all uh, um getting into the gyms and that sort of stuff i was a carpenter so i did my yeah. apprenticeship i uh, did that for 4 years but during my apprenticeship i had in my like third year i had this one foreman who would um cuz i would just kind of run around for them you know do all the little jobs and i didn't really put much effort into it each time i did a job and then um each time he would tell me he's like what are you doing like i'm just making a temporary seat for someone to sit on and you know and i would just slap it together and it wouldn't be good at all but for me it's just i'm going to pull it down like in a week anyway but he kind of emphasized to me is that people are going to see your work people are going to see it every time they look at it they're going to think oh he made that so it made me really think about you know how can i make that experience for that person who's going to sit on that seat and think wow he did a really good job even though it's going to be pulled down um so then i took that into each day as i uh, the gym and then the clothing and all that sort of stuff as well So if you've gone from being sort of like a trade like tradie on the tools and then you work for somebody at a gym and then you've started your own is that right? So, yeah, so um oh you go. No, I was just going to say what made you actually take the leap as you know aside from the, the personal mission but obviously like starting your own business is quite a big it's a big step in your life. So did you just see it as a a the natural transition or is it something that you really had to sit back and think is this for me? Yeah, uh so leaving school I just worked any job um and then i would just you know because it was all about i thought about the money i just needed money that's all i would would think about so it didn't matter what i did like i said i would dig dig a hole and then from there i was like all right i need something behind me just in case something falls down but i i did my pt course when i was back in just out of school as well my passion or my dream as a kid was always to have a gym and to always be a pt but I did my course and realized wow it's so much harder to make money because I was just thinking about money at the time. So I wasn't confident at all and then I just went into you know pretty much laboring because I would get $100 a day so I was making money. I would mm-hmm. see it. and then after doing my apprenticeship as a carpenter 
and we started to have children during that period, I was working from six to six, six days a week, and I would only see the kids at night. So then it kind of, as, as they were young babies, it was fine because, you know, they don't do much. But then as they started to get older, it was more like, I am not going to see these children throughout their years that I don't want to see it. Um, so we kind of, we saved up enough money during the apprenticeship and that would last us for about six months because Jaylee was just full-time watching the kids and couldn't work at the time. So we saved up just enough money for six months to be like, all right, if we quit the job now, and literally on my last day, when I got signed off, I quit my apprenticeship. I quit the job straight away. So I signed up with um, a lady that I knew who was starting boot camps. And I was just like, all right, just jump straight in. I know I've got six months to be able to make some money somewhere. And from that day, it, we haven't looked back. And like I said, if you, need, if you need to find some money or you need to find something, you'll find a way. So I would go from boot camps to concreting because that's what I used to do with Jaylee's dad. Uh, and I would do that back and forth. And then I was like, oh, I don't want to do concrete anymore. I just want to go straight into doing the PT and trying to build that. So then I found a CrossFit gym, which, um, you know, that started my journey in the CrossFit. And I got a job doing the coaching as well. It all just kind of went that way. And then I found my job, which was working for a company called RBT, where the owner had about 10 gyms. He lived in Melbourne and then um, I lived on the Gold Coast. So I just applied for it. He said, I'm looking for a manager, someone to run the whole gym while I'm because I don't live here. And I said, yeah, I can do it. And I've never done it before. I just put myself out there, be like, yeah, I can run this. I can do it. I can do spreadsheets. How to back uh, yourself, right? That's right. I knew my ability to program and to help people, but I had never done it because no one had given me the role. So I always thought you don't need to go to school. Well, you obviously need to go to grade 12 and finish that. But after that, you don't need to go to uni to be able to learn life skills and learn what you need. So I just sort of like, just give me a go. I can do, I can do it. Just, you know, give me a chance. I then kind of just went to the interview. He goes, I don't think he had anybody else. <laughs> so he, he kind of just goes, all right, you got the job. And then I ended up finishing my CrossFit coaching and then went straight into full-time with that position. That's really cool. And so when you started your own business, like, cause there's actually like, there's a lot to unpack there. I actually a hundred percent agree that I don't think necessarily schooling is for everybody. And I encourage people to stay to grade 12, but I actually did it myself. <laughs> I left in grade 10 and then I went and worked. And then I actually was very fortunate to find what I really like to do probably when I was around 18 anyway, but I was really lucky to be able to actually try different jobs to get to the one that I'm like, I feel like I'm home. And then being out of school, you know, gave me the opportunity then to go in as mature age to actually become an, an accountant and then sort of, you know, do more around the tax side. So um it's, it's very interesting like how people find their way to really where they're supposed to be. Yeah, that's right. And you find your way. That's the thing is because you're tired of doing the crappy stuff. So then you finally figure out, all right, there's got to be something else I can do here. And that's, that's pretty much how I did it. I hated something, so I would move on. I hated that, move on until I really got back to the passion, what I started when I was in like high school. Well, sometimes it's an away from, you know, driver really, isn't it? Like you really don't like it. So it's like, well, what can you do to change it to get to something that you're really looking forward to doing? And then it's sort of, you know, even though that sometimes is what the thing is, it kicks you in the butt to get you started, you know, knowing that you're going to reach your end goal, it's just something that you know you're going to love doing. That's the, that's the really big pull to get there, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. 
So when you started your business, um, Nicolette's written down here too that um, your grandfather actually had like a really big influence on the life and then obviously the business as well. Yeah, so the, um, this, this business is for the Bill Athletic, that's based on Jenny's grandfather. Oh. That's where that started. The gyms is a little bit separate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Jenny can yet yeah, touch on why we sort of went with the clothing name and that sort of thing. Um, so the clothing, like it's called Bill Athletic. His name is Kadewa William Arthur. And so his, he was known as William, which is Bill. And so you know, he was just known as Bill Arthur. And so for our name, we wanted to use something that um, represented him and because he was a, with all of my, so all of my family are quite um, athletic and play all different sports and like professionally and all that kind of stuff as well. So he was a very influential person to, you know, to all of us. And he was very um, supportive of all of our sporting, whether it was playing in the NRL or if it was just playing club sport down the road from the house. So he would always be at all of us, even at, at a, like his grandson-in-law, he even came to Wollongong and watched um, Adam compete in, um, at regionals, so for CrossFit Games. Um, so, yeah, he was very supportive of all of our sporting events and so we wanted to use him as our... It's creating... Our, we, the plan was it's creating a legacy to continue yeah. his name on. So we wanted to keep him, you know, his name alive and he was, you know, why we are who we are. So we wanted to carry his legacy on and, you know, named our um, clothing business after him. Cool. That's actually really... It's really nice, isn't it, when you get that connection and, and the legacy, building a legacy for a reason, you know? Yeah. So, um, I mean, obviously, if you've got the gyms and then you've got the athletic side, um, which I would love to circle back to as well, but what other things have you got on the bubble? Well, so in the... Uh, we just have another a meeting today, but we're um, we're bringing into the... Obviously, the, to branch the Bill Athletic clothing stuff, to add to that to with his name as well with we are slowly putting together our own drink um wow. that would be like an amino energy charge drink mm-hmm. um and that's gonna basically have the name of jaylee's grandfather as well in there as he used to do this thing called they called him powerhouse bill he had this saying where he would like pull his arms up like this and call himself powerhouse bill so everything we kind of base stuff off around with the the clothing and then and that sort of things is based around stuff that he used to do so yeah in the making so now the drink will the drink will be called around powerhouse powerhouse something and we're formulating that over the next four weeks so will you keep adding to the brands because these are all seem like quite complementary which is fantastic like you've got to stick to the core that you know and like this is all very sort of i guess connected which is is great so are you going to sort of stop at just the one type of drink or will you keep keep branching out in that or then into sort of extra food-based items as well? We're we, not... we could do, yeah. yeah. I mean, the drinks thing, we can definitely branch out and do, you know, different types of drinks as well. Um, but then on the food side of things, like, I mean, that we have tried that before, uh, like a meal prep kind of Yeah, so we had a meal. We started the meal business as well. You just run into a lot of if you don't have a space to cook in, like there's a lot of overheads to go into Mm -hmm. it. So we ended up we trialed that. A lot of regulations and things that you have to be, you know, rules and regulations you've got to abide by and have and do and all that kind of stuff. So and then the margins weren't good, so it really just 
for the time and effort you were going to put into it, unless you're doing it on a really large scale, um, it wasn't going to work out for us. But even that, you've tried it and it, it just wasn't for you. Yeah, exactly. Whereas a drink for us, the, the sort of drink that we, we drink it all the time and like all that sort of stuff, members in the gym drink um, energy drinks or amino blends or protein shakes, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we just want to create something that's a little, normally it's about, everything's about the same ingredients, what everyone puts in. Um, but we're just going to take a few of those nasty ones out and then change it with some. Um, something that we would like to drink as well. So yeah. If you take out um, some of the ingredients, does it affect shelf life at all? It's actually, it's a hyper-specific question, but it's actually just something that I'm like, oh, wow, that's actually kind of interesting. Like if you take out like the nasties, is that actually what gives like shelf longevity or is this something you have to consume straight away? Uh, this, so the shelf life is going to be over three months. It's just taken out a lot of the whatever the numbers and stuff are on the back of the, the chemical numbers. The chemical numbers. <laughs> that the, the, the supply or the guy that's formulating with us um, has recommended just substitutes that can go in there. So we won't know the shelf life. Definitely the shelf life will be about three months, but then further testing, we'll see how long that will go on for. Cool. And because, I mean, obviously you would have hit the same thing with the clothing line. And I think that some of the feedback that had been mentioned was that, you know, you're moving into quite a crowded market. How do you establish your point of difference? Um, How do you feel like, I mean, two really big markets, they're kind of the same type of challenges, but with the Bill Athletic side, you seem to have definitely found your community or, you know, the people that you want to sell it to that have that same sort of vision as you do. Yeah. I think you can build anything if you just, if you're willing to work hard, doesn't what the, doesn't matter what the market is. I think you can do it anything. Everyone says if you put a gym next to another gym, they both won't succeed. It just strongest will survive. Yeah, in CrossFit, <laughs> when they had the the previous owner, he doesn't care where you have a gym. So you can have a CrossFit gym on the one side of the road, on the other, and he goes, the strongest gym will always survive. I believe that it's true. It's how much effort you put into your experience that you give people. The the clothing stuff. It's more than just just clothing. We have a, a bigger goal in the end, and which is to, to help people. The story behind the clothing is what we're working on instead of, but also we're trying to produce a good clothing that people want to wear and train in as well. And uh, that's the key part. I mean, and it's, it's entirely with what you're like, I'm hearing what you're saying is, is that, you know, you're trying to build these experiences. And so therefore producing good quality athletic wear that people actually want to use is a big part of that. So therefore you will be successful. Yeah, exactly. And then people who are scared to go into business, they're just small minded and think, you know, there's too, there's too much of that on the market. We can't do it. But unless you have a go and you try it, you won't make those mistakes. It's trial and error. How how can you get someone to buy your clothes instead of someone else's? That's like, that's the, the, the key to it is someone's going to come to you for their, for an experience. You know, if someone's just going to keep telling you, buy this, buy this, buy this, you know, you're probably not going to buy it. And if someone comes and helps you, offers you something, offers you a tip or a nutritional chip or advice, you tend to going to be like, oh, they help me more than just trying to sell me stuff. And, and again, it's that connection, isn't it? Like, um, I think that gets lost a lot. People do business with people. You don't do business with, you know, a credit card on the other end of the phone or whatever. It's, you know, you're working with people and you want to see the best for people. So with your clothing line then, have you had any, like, I guess, challenges that you've experienced that you think, oh, you know, it might have either made you think from the start, oh, if I had known this, maybe I would have made some different decisions? Because we didn't know when we first started what kind of quantity 
we should order because you always have a minimum quantity when you're ordering from overseas of like a hundred pieces per color. So it's like, all right, do we just drop one color? Do we drop 10 colors? Do we do 10 items? And then the price just keeps going up and, and you don't know what, how much stock you're going to hold. So I think our first, it wasn't a mistake. It was just, we still, we're still selling now, but we ended up having like a thousand pieces in total for our first um, drop. And that was probably, you know, cause we, we, we didn't know what we we're going to sell or if people were going to like it, probably a smaller number and then one or two colors in an item and see how that goes and then try to build from there. So, but we couldn't get a small, like we had to get a hundred. It was just, we could have done less items. We would still have to do a hundred of each. So do you have sizing issues too? So basically it's not just the color, it's the size of each individual item as well. Yeah. So you're allowed five, I think about five sizes. The, the five factory. sizes per item. per item. Oh, fantastic. Oh, that's a, a small bonus, I guess. Yeah. And then, it's always good. Well, we got plenty of samples because it takes a while to go back and forth from China to be able to get the, the right, right the colors, sun. right materials, right sizing, all of that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. we ended up, even though we wanted the right size, which fits jelly in like, like a small or a medium fit jelly. So that was perfect. So we're like, all right, all the other sizing charts should be okay. But then we ended up getting, doing the big order. We got extra smalls and that fits my eight-year-old daughter. So it's like, We've got now we have 100 pieces, maybe 50 pieces of an extra small that is not going to fit anybody. It, it's kind of, it would be worth getting different sizings in with your manufacturers and stuff to, so then when you do your bulk order, you're not, you're not left with items that you can't sell. So how did you find the manufacturer in China? It was a bit of like hit and miss or was it a recommendation? Yeah, a bit of hit and miss. It's searching the internet, searching suppliers, um, just asking for samples for videos, mm-hmm. just trying to communicate with them to see, and then reading through their bios and their experiences they've had, how long they've been running for. Mm-hmm. And then really it's just trial and error. We've had a few, but Adam does a lot of the communicating with them. Yeah. You, you can kind of get when, when they can communi- communicate back and forth all the time and they're willing to listen to you, willing to change things, you know, you've got someone that, that's a good supplier, but if you get a message, you send a message and it comes back in two days you kind of know it's going to be a hard road to be able to get your orders and everything sorted. So obviously with COVID and everything, have you experienced any delays or major issues at all in supply? Um, we've had, they do. We have a lot of holidays and downtime. That's what we're, so, you know, they're closed for two weeks at a time, a lot of the time. So that holds us back a lot. So, you know, when we need our samples, they're like, oh, we're closed for this two weeks. You know, we'll get your sample out the next two weeks. Yeah, it's more once you once you get the ball rolling, it becomes a it goes on your planning. Yeah, because it, it could take you know for a sample, it could take four weeks to come back, and then if that's wrong, that means you've got it's to you've got weeks. to message them and say the changes, do the do the measurements, and say change it. Can you make it like this? So then that's another four weeks, and then to do your bulk order, it takes about eight weeks. So do you so, ship ship freight or air freight? Air, air freight. freight. Yeah, or else it, shipping would take takes about thirty days. So yeah. on top of that, where it's about seven to ten days if you air freight it, um, all depending on on, on the, the the factory, factory that you find. 
we've got two factories. One factory is like they're on point. They communicate with us every second when we send the message. They actually make the clothes out of not the fabric that we want. And then they send us a picture and a video and say, hey, is this? Just like a rough this... drafts kind of thing. And then they go, do you need any changes? So then we can look at it. And then and they'll change it on the spot pretty much for us. Instead of, instead of making it, sending it to us, we paid for it. And then we're like, and no, we need, wrong. Ch- we need to change it. And then they make us pay again. So, so yeah, these ones are really good. Yeah. The other ones, they're good. They have the great quality of product, uh, materials and things like that. So you have your pros and cons with both, with, you know, different factories. But it really comes down to a planning. You, you need to be able to plan out in the future to what you want. So then you don't have any delays. You know, the COVID period and stuff, if you're not plan, if you haven't planned right, then, you know, you're going to struggle because they were a bit slower because, you know, shipments stopped and everything started to back up. Materials got more expensive. So like cotton and all that sort of stuff. Are you finding that's easing now or is it still a problem? No, it's easy now. I think because they're all open, everyone, I think because places in China, everything was shut down, certain areas. So then they couldn't go and get their stuff. So they had to buy it from other people who were probably putting a more uh, price on top of it. Whereas now I think it's all back open and it's just, they're running again. So it's kind of back to normal. I mean, it would be great if this whole COVID thing wasn't even a thing because then we could go to China and, you know, we wouldn't have this backwards and forwards. We'd be there in the factory. They'd make it in front of us. We'd have the whole year sorted, but we can't do that. So, yes, COVID is, you know, hindering us a little, but we're making do. Yeah, I think that that's sort of a common theme amongst a lot of the small businesses that we talk to, you know, different things that they've tried and, some that worked and some that don't and some people have had their best years ever and some have basically had to either close or you know put their business into hibernation because of the type of model that they used was more personal based and it's hard to plan around uh, things like that for sure i think it comes down to how you've run your with all the shutdowns depending on what business you're in it's how you've run your business prior to the community yeah mm-hmm. prior to the the community that you have built so like we feel that you know, we put a lot of effort into building our community, making them feel really welcome in here, trying to give everything we can each and every day. So when it comes down to the hard times, when it's lockdown, um, you know, they're, they're, they mm. want to help us because yeah. they know this is their place to come. Whereas if I believe if we didn't do that, kind of like if you're like a 24 hour gym and you just turn up and train and then you don't meet anybody, you just go back out. And then you keep doing that every day. You never meet the owners or all that sort of stuff. Something bad happens straight away. They're like, all right, I'm going to stop my debit. There's nothing holding you there. You know, you've got no connection to it. So it's easy to just leave. Cut it off. Yeah. yeah. Whereas we try and put the effort into the doing the good thing, those small things to make sure if something does happen, they'll, you know, our community will be here to help us. And then if we're there, if people are in need, you know, we'll help them. That's really, really lovely. Actually, I like that. So obviously then if you've started and and had a few businesses that you've had, what would you say then would be the most important lesson that you've actually learned in in having a small business? It's trial and error. So you have to try what you believe in and then obviously it doesn't work. Don't let your pride get in the way. Change it to what you can see people that they're thinking. So you've got to kind of read people and then change the business to what the consumer wants, not how you always want it. And then everything sort of, once you find those things that really tick the box, stick with it and then just make little tweaks. 
you don't need to reinvent the wheel all the time. You can just sort of make little tweaks to make it better. Is there anything else that you'd actually like to share um, with us or with the small business community? I think just keep going. You need to change with the times. Um, if you're still back in the olden days where, you know, up before COVID where you're doing really well and now you're thinking about closing, just do your research. You can change with the times. You can still have your business. It's just finding a new way or a new outlook on how to do it. If you do that and you find a new avenue, you'll be successful. That's cool. And I guess where can people find you online? Uh, so online, um, obviously, bellathletic.com is our clothing. Urban Gyms on our Instagram or on our website as well, if you're wanting to visit the gym. Um, we always do seven-day trials or drop-ins, all that sort of stuff. So if you want to get fit, come on in, we'll help you out. And then, yeah, our powerhouse beverages will be coming along shortly. So uh, we'll be take people can have a look out for that once it's uh, sort of dropping. Cool. So is there anything more that you're likely to actually issue after that or just it'll be, this is what you're focused on for like the next year or so? Yeah, for the next year or so, these three things, the gym, the clothing, and then the drink. And then... But with Adam, there's always something more. He'll find something. <laughs> Life wasn't meant to be boring. <laughs> That's right. I kind of go on like a five-year cycle of if I'm doing something and I haven't started something else, I need to. Because like, again, you never know when times like COVID and shutdowns hit one business might not be doing anything and but your other business that you've started could be doing more so you need to have all these little things they in your back feed off pocket each other and support mm. each other don't just put all your eggs in one basket and think it's going to be there forever you kind of got to plan for that rainy day all the time yeah i really like that sentiment actually i do have one question i know that we're sort of like, like wrapping everything up now but i do have one question and it's actually more of a family question if you do the coaching sort of in the morning and then in the afternoon, how do you manage school life or life with your kids? I'll take this one. Yeah. <laughs> so one of us, like sometimes both of us are here, but we our parents live with us, So, well, my parents. So we live with my parents. The kids, when we come to uh, work in, early for the 5.30, 6.15, we both come and then I'll leave at 7, go and get the kids ready and take them to school, and then I'll be back for the 9.30 class. Then we coach, train ourselves, do a bit of work, eat, and then we pick up the kids. And then afternoon they go to their sports and things, and then we'll come to coach, and then one of us will go pick them up and then take them home. So it's just a tag team. It's all, you know, doable and we get it done, but it's just a lot of um, back and forth and tag team, you go there, I go there kind of thing. But if we didn't live with my parents, then it would be one of us would just have to be at home and one would be at work. We can do both. We're lucky we can do both. We have we have uh, two amazing coaches. So we always try and have at least one of us here and we're alternating. And then one is always doing something with the kids so they never miss out. Because really life, it's experience, right? So having years there, like at least one of you there is just, that's awesome. Was that, that was the whole point on Adam, you know, finishing his construction working six to six is so then he, you know, the, we could give the kids a life with us. So we can do that now that we have our own businesses and doing it this way. That's really cool. I tried to give Jaylee more hours, but she didn't. <laughs> he tried to give them to me so he could have his time off. But I was like, I'll do the roster. You just sit back. I'll give you the hours that you need. And she looked at it and then it was like so, oh, a week of arguments. Like, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. He could have more free time. Yeah. Uh, so you do the rosters now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had to make it manageable. So 
we finally worked it out at the end where it works and it just it, it works really well now with the kids know when we're all one, one of us is always home to pick them up take them to school take them to sports so you just yeah. got to work around it that's really nice i like that that's really cool so I guess pretty much we can wrap up if you like. Thank you so much for, for coming on and sort of sharing your story. It's sort of been a bit of a, a wandering discussion and it wasn't intended like that, but I just like to have a chat. So that's yeah. fun. That's the it's, best way. It's all about the journey of people's lives. I think that's that that's the, the main thing that you want to get out of it and how how have you done it, you know, that sort of stuff because it in, entices other people to be like, oh, if they've started from the bottom and moved their way up, then why can't why can't we do the same, you know? Yeah, definitely. Or they might see that they are on the same, tr- you know, same track. But hey, I've got to keep going. They, you know, they got there. I've just got to keep moving forward. So, no, that's awesome, and it, it, it's so true. Like, it's an inspiration, really, isn't it? You know, that's where where you look for is to is the different models that are that are out there and people who've gone there before, and you're like, oh, that's really cool. Like, what's their characteristics that help them get there? Hard work. <laughs> know the feeling don't worry <laughs> I think that's like that's actually kind of a bit of a cornerstone really of, of everything in small business really it's it's hard work and you do sometimes find that I don't know if this has been your experience but I have found sometimes I work way more hours or put in a lot more effort because it is my own business than I ever ever would have done for you know being an employee like being an employee but it's making that decision to not always live like that it's to actually go okay well what am I doing this for what's the end thing that I'm trying to build and what do I want the lifestyle package of this business to be wrapped up in you know and I think you guys have done that exceptionally well you know which is great I like to see it. it's fantastic you're like you're living it it's wonderful my, my ultimate goal is is to just live out of a, a van or a camper van and just do nothing <laughs> travel and so like not have any don't need material things have somewhere to like sleep in something to always have some of the food to eat but like not have fancy things just live life how it was lived a long time ago and not have instagram not have any of that because then you know you can get caught up in it sometimes you can experience life when you're driving around or you're traveling and you just you don't have a route you don't have like a, a schedule to be at you just sort of go how it is and you move to place to place experience that and then move on that's like my ultimate goal, obviously, when the children are He's old enough. He says, oh, in five years' time, I'm going, um, your kids aren't going anywhere soon, mate. <laughs> <laughs> in there, right? They <laughs> no, that's been awesome. Thank you so much for your time. And I hope you guys have a really awesome rest of the day. Thank awesome. you very much. So much. Well, that's everything small business for today. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to stay up to date with our show, please subscribe or follow in your favorite podcast app so that you never miss an episode. If you know someone who might enjoy this podcast, please share it with them or share it on your socials and tag us. Until next time, this is everything small business.